Hi, I'm Tracy Dean with the U.S. Army Combat Capabilities Development Command's Army Research Laboratory. Welcome to What We Learned Today, a podcast where we talk with Army scientists and engineers about the science and technology that will modernize the United States Army and make our soldiers stronger and safer. Today, we're going to talk about how the Army is jumpstarting innovation by investing in new ideas. They call it XTech, where small businesses compete for prize money with their best ideas. The Office of the Assistant Secretary of the Army for Acquisition, Logistics, and Technology, also known as ASALT, launched the nationwide competition to revolutionize the way the Army attracts and encourages innovation. The competition has evolved into something much broader. We're joined today by Dr. Matt Willis, the U.S. Army's Director for Prize Competitions out of ASALT, and Zeke Topolowski from the DEFCOM Army Research Laboratory and the XTech Program Manager. Gentlemen, welcome to What We Learned Today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Tracy. Let's dive in. Matt, tell me, why was XTech started and who was the intended audience? Well, that's a great question. So the XTech Program was started about three years ago in the spring of 2018. And it was really intended as a mechanism to break down the barriers between the Army and the small business ecosystem of innovators across the country. The perpetual challenges that I think we face in the Army and the DOD and really the the U.S. government in general is that many small businesses are out there at the forefront of technology, but they don't necessarily see the U.S. government as a viable partner because of the either perceived or realized, you know, long contracting time, huge barriers of entry for engaging with the government, really not really understanding what our problems are. So the XTech program was established to try to break down all those barriers, be as transparent as possible as we can with small businesses, and really try to attract the innovation community to want to engage with the department and want to solve Army problems. Nice. So, Zeke, tell me, how does the Army Research Lab support XTech, and what is your role? Well, the Army Research Lab is the fundamental research lab within the Army S&T ecosystem. And part of what we do is we have a lot of competency areas that support all the other engineering centers and program executive offices within the Army. So that gives us a lot of subject matter experts, a large variety of topic areas that are of interest to the Army. So in one place, we were able to connect with people to help evaluate proposals from small businesses and innovators that spanned a lot of different topic areas and technology types. So when this was started initially, and we had one contest, it was an open topic competition that accepted ideas from innovators without any real constraints on what they could propose. ARL was a, was a natural place to go to access, tap into those experts that could evaluate proposals that are coming across from all different parts of the spectrum. And as part of our role within the Army, we're also sort of the dubbed the Army's corporate laboratory. So we're sort of this science advisor role, if you will, for the Army. And in that sense, evaluating proposals from industry, weighing in on new innovations and ideas is one of the things that ARL does very well at. And we're a natural fit to help ASALT with this first competition. And I, myself, I was supporting the office of the director at ARL on a detail assignment at the time when this came in. And so I had the, the honor of being able to to help Matt with the first competition that rolled out. And then uh, it rolled into a full-time job since then, as you'll hear more about on this podcast. I remember that first competition. That was big fun. Very exciting. Congratulations on the success of that. 
So clarify to me, is this only for basic research or early stage technology? This contest, it's not about what maturity level the technology is. What we are looking for, as uh, Matt mentioned, is the innovations that are out there, whether it's small businesses, startups, or other innovators that are coming up with new ideas, coming up with new ways of using technologies that we know can help solve Army problems. But the problem is either that they are not aware that we have those needs or we're not advertising the needs for something that we don't know exists out there. We'll take any idea in next tech search. What we're looking for is to match up the innovators with the problem owners. And we look at that as our job, not necessarily the innovators or the companies out there to decide which army problem they can solve. But that's our job is to try to be that matchmaker. Um, we see things from TRL-1, which is very early stage proof of concept technology, to TRL-9, technology that could be put in the field today. We don't necessarily in some of our contests have any restrictions on what could be submitted. It's more about taking innovations that, and trying to figure out if these could be groundbreaking, if these could really change the way that the Army operates. And that's what we're looking for in this competition. So, Matt, tell me the difference between XTech and XTech Search and the progression XTech has made from being a single competition to what it is today. As Zeke mentioned a few minutes ago, when we started this competition, it was really rooted in the fact that the Army, while we have thousands of great, amazing scientists and engineers all across the country, we, we can't possibly be cognizant of every great technology innovation that's out there. So it was really rooted in uh, you know, trying to identify the sort of best of breed technologies that could bring innovation to our warfighter. Since then, though, so that was the XTech search competition. So, and, I, and I'll, I'll spell it out for everybody. It was originally called the U.S. Army's Expeditionary Technology Search Competition. The thought being, again, that we were trying to go out across the country and identify innovators that weren't necessarily inside the beltway and weren't necessarily located near one of our Army labs or even one of our ARL extended sites. We're really trying to find those innovators in places that, you know, typically don't work with the government to see, you know, what sort of technologies are out there to benefit us. Since then, though, the competition has evolved quite significantly. So we still do have annual cohorts or, or twice a year, approximately, cohorts of the XTech search competition. We're currently on the fifth cohort since we kicked off the XTech search competition three years ago. Uh, we've also, you know, brought in the X-Tech program into you know, the flagship prize competition for the Army, which includes not only the X-Tech search competition, so the broad open topic competition, but also some technology-specific or customer-specific applications. So I think Zeke could certainly speak to some of the details on, on our partnerships, but uh, we have partnerships not only with the Army Futures Command, uh, but also with uh, the Rapid Capability and Critical Technologies Office within uh, the Program Executive Office for uh, PEOC3T uh, and uh, the Medical Research and Development Command, just to name a few. So we've really broadened the profile of the program to not only include this general open topic competition, but also some, some topic-specific vectors. Do you have anything else to add, Zeke? Yeah, I think that the X-Tech search, that first competition that Tracy talked about being really exciting, 
was what we thought we were going to be doing year in, year out. An open topic competition that anyone could submit any idea to. And, you know, we would help connect them to the subject matter experts that could review their technologies. But what we found was that the bringing all those judges, all those evaluators from across the Army to the table, they got to meet these innovators and they saw a lot of value in putting their problem statements out there and trying to see who else that they haven't engaged with before might be out there that they should be talking to. And I think one of the things that led to that wasn't just participating and judging and seeing that these these innovators had really good ideas, really smart folks with really good technology, but also the fact that these were new folks. These are people that they had never heard of before. I think 70% of our applicants in that first contest had never worked with the federal government before, not just the Army and anyone in the federal government. And contests since then, most of our contests are yielding those same results where brand new innovators and and you know really smart companies out there that could really help some of these problems so that's what led to all of a sudden more requests were coming in yes we continue to do that open topic competition year in year out but now we're as matt said we're supporting other customers within the army and even advising people outside the army and other federal agencies on the way we run our competitions and how you know, how they could take some of those lessons learned. But it's certainly expanded quite a bit. We have a much bigger office than we started with basically three people. And now, you know, I think that going forward, we'll see that that prize competitions and the use of prize authority is going to be something that will become a little bit more mainstream with how the Army does business and integrate it into our acquisition strategies. Because we see that, you know, it's not necessarily something that everybody uses and, and does a lot of but we see that it definitely brings new ideas to the table and good ideas to the table. So we will continue doing that as long as we see those results. Great insight. Thank you both for clarifying that. So describe what a typical competition looks like and how does the application process differ from other traditional government opportunities that are out there? Zeke, that's for you. So a typical competition, (laughs) we used to have an answer for that, Tracy. I would say now, especially in the last couple of years, every competition is unique. Um, But for the most part, our open topic competitions and our other competitions will start with a very simple application process, a two-page white paper. We don't want people to put a lot of time and effort into it. And then we award a small prize if that white paper is accepted to help offset the cost of what it took to prepare it. So in a typical competition, we would ask for a two-page submission, some competitions, it's been even one page. We even have competitions where you just submit a video and, and that's your submission. We will review those and then we'll down select to a manageable number of top proposals to come in and pitch live. And that's really where the proposal is conducted. It's not a written volume that we ask people to submit. Mm-hmm. Come in and have a conversation and we'll put the right experts in front of you to have that conversation with, get real-time feedback, and we will evaluate real-time on the spot. So that's a typical competition, a sort written submission for down select, and then you come in, have a conversation, do a presentation for your full technical proposal. Some competitions like the X-Tech search will then go on to a semifinal and a final round beyond that, where we have public venues used to really showcase the companies and up the game a little bit in further rounds of down select as the companies have, you know, are further vetted and have some a stronger cohort to present. 
and some competitions though it ends after that presentation round so that you you know you, your white paper your short submission plus your presentation is essentially your technical proposal volume it gets evaluated and the down select or the selections are made at that point so it every competition has been different it sort of depends on the army office and the customer and what they want to do in some cases they're eager to get a company under contract to solve a problem so we'll do things very quickly with just those first two white paper and then a proposal um, a presentation proposal and in some cases like xtech search the purpose is the networking and exposure of these companies to the folks within the army so there becomes a longer process that has m multiple rounds of down select um, and, it, and so it really does depend on what the customer is trying to solve great sounds like a very involved and cohesive process on each level so my next question is, what are some of the key benefits companies can gain by participating in the program? And what are some of the key benefits to the Army? I think that one of the unique components of the XTech program is really that it uh, provides tremendous benefits to both small business innovators and also to the Army. From a small business perspective, I mean, really, again, what we're trying to do is is eliminate or greatly decrease the so-called pay-to-play paradigm for working with the government, which is essentially the concept that in order for a company to even want to engage with uh, the federal government, they often have to come with resources, maybe not cash money resources, but they might have to you know, travel to an, an industry engagement day, or they might have to pay for time on a test range, et cetera. So really from, from a company perspective, you know, we're offering a, a low barrier of entry to understand what Army challenges are, transparent and detailed feedback directly from our Army subject matter experts to small businesses. So in this way, even if a technology might not be ripe for application of the Army, we can provide feedback for these companies to either pivot their technology or potentially direct them to another service within the department or another government agency. And another big piece that Zeke just alluded to a few minutes ago is the networking, mentoring, and educational opportunities that the XTech program provides. So that's really about providing networking not only amongst small businesses that have a shared interest in uh, participating in this competition, but also having opportunities to network directly with our Army subject matter experts, either within the labs, within the program executive offices, or within our, our user community. So getting direct feedback from a soldier it can so often be invaluable for, for these small businesses. And of course, last but not least, what I'll say is since this is a prize competition, we are offering cash prizes as an incentive to participate and as an award for companies presenting these novel ideas uh, to the Army. And a prize is very different from a contract in that we can execute these prizes and send money via you know electronic funds transfer to these companies in a matter of days vice the weeks months multiple months that it often takes for a contract so you know from a company perspective i think there's a tremendous benefit and but from the army there's also a lot of great benefits uh you know of course this is an army program we want to see value not only for small business innovators but also for us uh, and for us again a big piece of it is being able to maintain and stay current on the technology developments and innovation that's happening within the innovation base 
So again, we have a lot of great scientists and engineers in the Army, but really staying, being able to stay on the forefront of technology is of critical importance to us. Uh, also, as I mentioned a second ago, potentially being able to influence the development of technology that might not yet be completely mature or, or ready for, for transition, but being able to pivot technologies early on uh, so that they would be of, of more benefit or a greater, greater potential benefit to our warfighter is, is valuable. But also, it's a lot about growing the ecosystem, right? So it's about helping to build that community and foster the growth of these innovative companies to better support the technologies that are being delivered to our warfighter community. Zeke, do you have have anything else to add? I'll always find something to add, but it's funny because I was making a list of benefits and then crossing them off as you you listed them all. I think uh, (laughs) you hit all the really important points for why the benefits for the Army and the companies have been realized in this program. I think just to reiterate for the companies, access is, is key. You know, it's very difficult for a small business who doesn't know anyone in the army, they don't know anyone in the labs, to access the right people to talk to about their technology. And a lot of times that's all they really want is a first conversation to say, hey, this is what I'm working on. What do you think? Can this help? What should I be doing different? And that's a difficult thing to achieve if you don't know anyone, you don't have any starting points to make those connections. And we offer that through this program. We bring the Army to the innovators. And then on the Army side, I think, well, and of course, everyone likes cash. So non-dilutive <laughs> capital, it, you know, even though it's not a contract, is, is very useful to a startup, a small business, a large business for a number of reasons. There, you know, There's nothing tying them to how they can spend that money. And there's a lot of uh, creative things that they that they you know could use cash for, but for the army, you know Matt hit on a lot of the key points. The only other thing I'd add to it is that you know participating in getting out of the lab and participating in these programs and meeting innovators that are working at the pace of startups and small businesses, which is a much faster pace than the army traditionally is seen to operate at, is is a professional development uh, opportunity for our researchers and scientists too to be you know, able to engage with these entrepreneurs and even for myself, you know, I've been in the government my whole career to be able to engage with entrepreneurs and see the pace and the, you know, the urgency at which they work at really gave me a lot to think about and bring some of that back to my job. Um, as I really have a lot of respect for, for startups and small businesses that take those risks and that are working at that pace. So the professional development and also professional growth that comes out of participating in these events is another sort of non-tangible benefit that the Army gets out of this. Sometimes it's the time savings, too. Yes, we can influence these technologies. We can see what's coming out, but it's a time savings because typically the cycle would be a, a company would submit a proposal to the government. We would read it. Then we would submit our response saying, you know, we didn't like this. We, we did like this. We can't award this. We can't. That time that it takes for this innovator to submit an idea and then get the feedback and now they whatever their next steps may be can be reduced to real time. And that's what we try to do in the competition is tell us your idea and we'll give you your, your feedback right on the spot. And that could lead to significant time savings in the development cycle of technologies for the Army. Exceptional. Thank you for clarifying that. 
Talk about XTech Accelerator and discuss the goals of that particular program, Matt. No, I think that the XTech Accelerator is actually a really unique component of, of the program that has evolved substantially from when we initiated this activity several years ago. So the impetus or the rationale behind wanting to set up an accelerator uh, in support of the XTech program was really the recognition that while the prize competition is great, it offers a tremendous amount of strategic exposure for these small businesses. It offers small cash prizes or relatively small cash prizes uh, to incentivize participation in the program. Ultimately, many of these companies are looking to have a more long-term strategic relationship with the government. But unless these companies continue to exist and have the, the business acumen and the strategic opportunities to broaden their portfolio, the Army may not be able to capitalize on these great innovations, honestly, if the small businesses go out of business, right? So, so really what, what the goal of the accelerator was is to provide an opportunity or a mechanism to continue to develop X-Tech participants, particularly once they have been vetted several times, so when they're in the later stages of the competition, the semifinals, finals, so that they are um, as prepared as possible to be able to develop and transition technologies to the warfighter. We're also providing you know, opportunities or capabilities for them to do commercialization on the private sector. In terms of what the accelerator provides, there's several different pillars. I won't go into the details. It's essentially educational programming, community building, both amongst the small businesses, but also amongst Army stakeholders, strategic exposure for these small businesses, diverse mentorship, uh, both, again, within the Army, but also within uh, the venture capital community and other industry primes. So it's really, again, providing this full spectrum opportunity space for uh, ensuring that these small businesses uh, continue to find success in their endeavors as they are developing technologies of interest for the Army. Are there any other unique features of the program that you would like to highlight? Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll love to share. So unique features of the X-Tech program. Um, I say that there's a couple that we probably didn't discuss enough. One is I've heard the term innovation theater thrown out there, right? That sometimes the government is saying they're looking for innovation and they have these programs to just have the program, right? And, and X-Tech, what we've always tried to do from the beginning is make sure that this isn't just to give prize money out and say goodbye to the companies, that we continue to hold their hand after the competition, after the end of the competition, after we have identified their capability to be something the Army needs and help hold their hand and get them to that point where they can transition that technology to our soldiers, as Matt said. And the, and the accelerator has been a huge help with that aspect of making sure that we're not just giving cash out and saying goodbye, but that we continue to hold the, the hands of these companies and, and help them be successful. The second piece is we've uh, identified a lot of process and uh, improvements and efficiencies that we've now introduced in some of the more mainstream acquisition programs. For example, you know, we realized that we would have to evaluate proposals and give very good feedback quickly. You know, the pace of small businesses, we talked about it before, they operate at a much faster pace and they can't afford to sit back six months and wait for a response on a proposal. And so we looked at a lot of different options of doing that. We ended up adopting an online tool that 
is an, an all-one platform that can submit proposals, accept proposals. Our evaluators from across the Army can easily log in from anywhere and evaluate them online with a point-and-click system. They don't have to do a lot of writing, and it can be done very quickly. We take about 10 to 20 minutes total for a proposal to be read and reviewed in our program, and then automate the feedback that's given to the company. So immediately, they can then log into their accounts and see exactly what our evaluators said about them, where their strengths and weaknesses are, where they can improve what their technology is for if they want to continue to pursue the Army as a customer. So that tool, we had to figure out a way to solve this problem of being able to respond quickly, has led to some real time savings in acquisition programs in general and is now being adopted for use in our Army's Small Business Innovative Research or CIBR program as well. And the more and more people use it, the more I'm seeing it socialized across the Army for lots of different programs where we find that there's a lot of time wasted in our evaluation processes. In all of the activities and developments and engagements that have occurred throughout the program, what notable innovation and or collaborative efforts have spawned since the inaugural competition? We have seen small businesses come from no, never doing business from, with the government at all to now transitioning technologies into Army programs of record, uh, if you will, the holy grail, right? Like this is rare that this occurs. But we also have seen a lot of small businesses team up with each other with other large defense primes that that are currently doing business with the Army so that they become a component or a piece of a program or record. And we have a, a large number of companies that have now gone on to receive contracts or grants through small business innovative research projects, through other transaction authorities, through traditional contracts. So we are seeing that this 70% that had never done business with the government at all before, we're seeing a lot of these companies returning and are now um, have formal engagements and collaborations with our Army labs and our program offices. It's been a big success and it continues to grow. But on the innovation side, I think it's just that we're seeing that this use of the prize authority that I mentioned earlier is starting to be looked at as another tool in the Army's toolbox to engage with new innovators and engage with them differently than we used to. So that we can, as Matt said, get rid of that pay-to-play paradigm, we can offer companies that don't have the resources or the time to spend going after proposal after proposal. We can offer them some cash now to offset those, the cost to participate. That is innovative. And we've now figured out that we can combine this authority for giving out prizes and prize competitions with other authorities so that we could actually take these competitions down select to the top companies coming out of it and then get them right into a pipeline of contract opportunities. This has been done with small business innovative research contracts. It's been done with other transaction authority contracts, and we can do it with other traditional Army contracts as well. If the competitions run right, run correctly, you can use that as the basis to then down-select and award contracts to the companies that win. So I think that's a real innovative approach that I don't know of anyone else really doing. Out, uh, It's definitely new for the Army, and I don't know too many other folks outside the Army that are doing this as well. But it has led to a much, you know, much more streamlined process, faster process, and and above all, the companies really respond well and love this uh, way more than their previous experience in trying to break into the government. Great. So, Matt, tell me, what new things can we expect going forward? Any future expansion expected to the program? I would just like to uh, foot stomp what. Zeke just said, which I think really speaks to the future potential for for the X-Tech program as the flagship Army prize competition. 
in that we've really been pushing the bounds in terms of how prize competitions can be used to to provide as flexible of an acquisition strategy as possible for not only our S&T folks in the lab, but also our PEOs and PMs in the advanced development community and also other customers across the Army. But it's really thinking about how we can be as flexible as possible, uh, making it easy for uh, businesses to engage with the government through a prize competition mechanism and then you know, leverage that ease of entry uh, into the government and be able to deliver a more traditional or even non-traditional, like an OTA mechanism, a grant, cooperative agreement, a traditional FAR-based contract. You know, really the sky's the limit in terms of how we can use prize competition under XTech search or under XTech rather um, as an entry point to then also provide these long-term downstream opportunities at the end. And, and as Zeke mentioned, this is uh, the collaboration we did with the uh, SBIR program, with the Army's SBIR program, was it was a first-in-government thing here, right? So this was, you know, groundbreaking first-in-government uh, approach of, of using a prize competition as an entry point and then executing SBIR awards on the back end. I think that that is just a hint of what could potentially be coming in the future of the program. Looking back, has X-Tech accomplished its goals? How has the relationship between the Army and non-traditional innovators grown? This is a question for both of you gentlemen. Matt? I certainly think that we've had tremendous successes in three years. We've also had some some challenges and learn from our mistakes. But, you know, I think that the evidence is there, right, that we continue to get increased engagement from small businesses from where we started. We have judges that, you know, Zeke can speak to the details on this, but um, for the first competition, we were trying to recruit judges. And it was really a voluntold sort of situation where, you know, we were having to really, really try hard to get judges from across the labs and the PEOs and PMs to participate. And now, honestly, we're in a position where we almost have to turn people away. Once a judge participates and sees how great this process can be and the exposure that they get to really being able to interact directly with the, these companies and these innovators, you know, our, our pool of judges is constantly expanding. So I think that certainly speaks to the growth and some of the successes that we've been able to demonstrate with the program. Do you have anything else to add? Zeke, you're you, muted. You're muted. You have to do that once in a COVID podcast, of course, right? <laughs> I, I, to answer your question, Tracy, yes, I think if, you, if you're asking why, if the program is successful in accomplishing its goal of reducing the barriers and connecting with innovate, small business innovators out there, absolutely. I mean, we've had over 2,000 small businesses propose ideas to the Army. And we've had, we're almost up to a thousand army judges that have participated. And it's not just that they come and participate and then say the good things about the program. 50% of those are repeat offenders, if you will, that come and then they come back because it's not just they enjoy it, they find value in it. And we do a really good job of surveying and getting feedback from everyone that participates, the companies, the judges, all the support staff. And we hear, we take criticism well, we always adopt and change to any feedback that we receive, but we get so much positive feedback on 
how this program compares to other government opportunities companies that have participated in from the judges as well, how well the programs are run, how easy it is to participate. And so just these growing numbers and the number of people that keep returning to the program, I think demonstrate its success. And then as, as I was mentioning earlier, ultimately, you know, the Army wants to see technologies transition so that it put it, give capabilities to our soldiers. And, and we're seeing that. We're seeing these companies come from the outside, bringing this dual-use technology in and getting into Army programs and under contract to develop systems for the Army. So I think it's been a huge success, and I can't wait to see uh, where it goes over the next few years. Excellent. So here's a final opportunity for both you gentlemen to provide parting thoughts for anyone listening who may be considering getting involved. I think that there's there's plenty of opportunities for both small businesses, and also Army stakeholders to get involved. Tracy, I have lots of thoughts to offer. <laughs> I don't want to do the Uncle Sam wants you speech. But, you know, for, for companies out there, I just can't reiterate how, how valuable the other companies have found participating in the program. First of all, it's a very low barrier to entry. Some of our contests, as I mentioned, are one, two-page tops uh, submissions. It shouldn't take a lot of time. We're not asking you to put a lot of effort into the initial submission. So very easy to enter. And then you see what you'll get out of it. I think we do a great job giving feedback, technical and operational feedback, to people that submit, to everyone that submits, not just the winners. And so I think that if you, if you see a competition on our website, xtechsearch.army.mil, that you think uh, fits the technology that you're developing, please submit your idea. If nothing else, you'll get, a, you'll get some good feedback from the Army, and maybe you'll meet some great people along the way. And then for the Army employees out there, soldiers, acquisition professionals, research and development folks, scientists and engineers, we definitely want you involved. It's not just that there's opportunities to review these industry proposals, which I think are really important and that you know give you some good insight into what's being developed and at what pace and on the commercial sector. But also we want to make the right decisions when we're picking the winners. So we really need your help. Our, our goal is to always try to match up the proposals coming in with the, the right and the best experts within the Army to review it. Just because I know I have this problem here uh, where I work at ARL doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to be the one and only person in the Army that should review the proposals coming in. So we want everybody's help in weighing in collectively to make sure we make the right decisions for the Army. And then there's mentorship and networking opportunities as well. You know, as Matt mentioned, we have an accelerator program that we put our finalists in. And our goal there is to match each company up with a really good Army mentor that can help them navigate both some of their technical hurdles of getting their equipment into the Army, as well as this just the organizational hurdles of knowing who and how to talk to the Army about what you're doing. So definitely want to to encourage everyone to take a look at our, our website and learn uh, about different ways to get involved, reach out to Matt or myself. We'd love to have you participate in one of our upcoming cohorts, either as a company or as an Army employee, or just as an observer and check out what it is we're doing and see how maybe it can be used to leverage or solve some of the problems that you have within your organization. Dr. Matt Willis, the U.S. Army's Director for Prize Competitions out of ASALT, and Zeke Topolowski from the DEFCOM Army Research Laboratory and the X-Tech Program Manager. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. It's been enlightening. Thank you, Tracy. Yes, thanks so much. Well, thanks for joining us for what we learned today. In upcoming episodes, we will continue the discussion about the underpinning research that will build the Army of the future. Please consider liking and subscribing. 
Science is a journey of discovery, and we're glad you're along for the ride. For the Army Research Lab, I'm Tracy Dean.